Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. And good evening. Welcome to BDPA iRadio. This is Tim Bucks, and I'll be your host, co-host tonight, leading us into the show. We have a great array of guests this evening, and our exciting lineup for the show tonight includes the following. Joyce Lewis, President, Creative Tech Advantage. Pamela Matthews, President, National Black BDPA. Dr. John Haskins, Jr., Technical Staff Member, NetApp. The BDPA iRadio Show links business, education, and technology. The radio show creates a vibrant communication platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. We are sponsored by BDPA Education and Technology Foundation and BETF Executive Director Wayne Hicks. Produced by Fran McNeil. Studio Engineering by Everaldo Gallimore. Co-hosting myself, Timothy Butts, Dela Cruz, and Ron Story. The BDPAI radio show broadcasts every second and fourth Tuesday each month. Join us at blogtalkradio.com BDPA. We're going to go into our first interview this evening, and Jayla will take the helm to interview our first guest. Hello. Thank you, Tim, for that introduction. With that, let's get started with our interview with Joyce Lewis, the president and of Creative Tech Advantage. Hello, Joyce. Welcome to the BDPAI radio show. Thank you for being a guest tonight. Hi, Jayla. Thank you for having me. This is really a, a great privilege to have this time to communicate with the BDPA community. Sure. Now, I'm in Indianapolis, and the weather is picking up to becoming warmer now. So what city are you calling from, and how's the weather there? I am in Chicago, and as of yesterday, we are happy to report we are above the freezing line. We had near <laughs> 50 yesterday. Yes. So this is wonderful. Yes. Well, Joyce, I'm excited to interview you, and I'd like our audience to know some highlights from your bio. So please allow me to take a few moments to share your background. Great. Joyce Lewis has over 25 years of experience in innovative creative solutions that bridge business and technology by amplifying human skills for business results. Her background spans multiple industries and multiple disciplines, encompassing both public and private sectors. She formed Creative Tech Advantage in 2013 to be a consulting firm that can quickly help businesses understand and communicate effectively with technology service providers. She is a lifetime BDPA member with a unique story to share with the BDPA iRadio show audience. So, Joyce, with that introduction, let's start our conversation. Sure. My first Great. 
is how did you first find out about BDPA and what has kept you involved? The recruiter that brought me to Chicago from Kentucky suggested that BDPA would be a great group to network and uh, meet people through. And at that time, BDPA was just having discussions in Chicago about forming a chapter and affiliating with the national organization. So I was a founding member of the Chicago chapter, and because it has such a strong mission of connecting the education and business components together, that has kept me involved through the years. Wow. So in terms of your service to BDPA, what accomplishment are you the most proud of? There are a couple of things. Um, I have worked a lot in the early days with, first of all, getting the chapter going, getting it to a place of strong financial standing. I hosted, was the national coordinator for the first successfully financially successful conference in 1988 when we as an organization were just learning how to really produce national events. And also I've worked with the young people as far as mentoring, helping them to improve their presentation and communication skills, and just being available as a reference point for people to ask questions about getting into technology and understanding how to grow their careers. Now, your role as president of Creative Tech Advantage, what are your key responsibilities? Well, really, as you're starting an entrepreneurial enterprise, you wear a lot of hats, creating the structure and foundation for the organization, as well as fulfilling major uh, consulting responsibilities, handling a lot of the contract negotiations and project involvement as a technology expert myself and bringing other people on board to fulfill roles where I need additional resources and expertise. Can you tell us more about amplifying human skills for business results? All through my career, I have been a strong communicator. In fact, my degree was in communications while I was also learning the programming languages, machine internals, and all the aspects of the technology as I had migrated from math and engineering into computer science because it was a little bit more profitable at the time. And I noticed that a lot of what was um, a little bit of a weak area for technology folks was the communication aspect either by communicating with the business um, leaders who needed to have solutions created or by um, working with their partners to develop technology solutions. So I fulfill some of those human roles when you're working on a technology project. Now, in being a business professional and owning your own founding, being a founding member of the organization. I know you've had various obstacles and challenges to overcome. What two lessons would you like to share with our BDPAI radio audience? Well, first, never give up. Even when 
you think that a project has failed, there's something to be learned from the experience. And you need to be very honest about your contributions and the uh, lessons that you have to learn from an experience because they can become very valuable in the next project or the next effort that you're pursuing. Everybody learns as they go through the process. And as a woman in the industry, there are a lot of different perspectives that men and women bring to the table. And I look to help women to amplify some of the innate skills that they have that can contribute very, very highly to the projects that they're involved in. What do you think, as far as women are concerned, where are the changes that need to be made? I think there still is a need for more female leadership, more creativity. Sometimes we see the younger girls who are coming along and becoming the the next generation of technology um, resources shying away from some of the more difficult STEM, as you know, the technology uh, subject areas. And we need to make sure that they realize they have so much to give. There are many different perspectives that can attack and approach a problem and create solutions that no one had thought of previously. So we need to make sure that they stay on track and use their instincts and all of the talents that they bring to bear. In what ways do you feel as though average people or just anyone in general, how can we start to create change to open up more opportunities for women? To recognize that a lifestyle um, that a woman may want to choose can be compatible with a lot of different areas of technology. Some people have felt that you can either choose to have a family and be a mother and and have um, a career that doesn't demand as much as a technology career seems to. But as things are changing and different people come into the resource pool, the requirements for the business and operations of projects is also changing. So we need to be unafraid to ask that there are certain uh, features or accommodations in a job that enable us as women to still have a well-rounded life outside of the work and uh, project execution that we are involved in. Choice in the remaining moment, please share a final thought for the BDPAI radio audience. Um, the role that I'm doing right now in having my consulting firm and working on the human skills that will create business results is really an area that BDPA can excel in. Um, because we take young people, students from um, a place where they may not have been exposed to business environments and we teach them communication skills, presentation skills, different ways to do analysis and look at problems. Um, it's a very good blend for what I do in my business, and I want the BDPA community to realize that there's more to contribute than just the technology. We need to be critical thinkers. We need to look at problems and then see how to apply technology 
so that you can become more profitable, to, so that businesses run better, and that we can have um, reliable systems and processes that make our ways of life, not only in this country but everywhere, better for us in the way that we apply technology. Right. Wow, that's great information. Joyce, it has been a pleasure to listen and learn from you. Again, I thank you for being a guest and wish you a safe and warm evening. Thank you so much for being a guest tonight. My pleasure. Absolutely wonderful platform, and I thank you for including me. Thank you. And now a word from our sponsor. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. And we are back. We are now joined by Pamela Matthews. Pamela, welcome to the BDPAI radio show. Thank you for being our guest tonight. Good evening. Good evening. I am in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. The weather is a bit rainy, but definitely warmer than it was in the last week. What city are you in, and how's the weather there? I am in Chicago, and the weather for the last couple of days has been quite wonderful. It's been in the high 50s and very sunny. I think Chicago's proximity to the lake is such a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. And just the description that you and our previous guest made of Chicago really gives me that vision. Well, I'm very excited to interview you, and I'm so happy to have you join our VPA guest uh, audience tonight. Uh, coming in with us, we're going to get to share some highlights from your career, your bio, and if you'd allow me, I'll take a few minutes to share a bit of your background. Okay. Audience, okay. Audience, I'm pleased to introduce to you Pamela Matthews. She's in her first full year as the National BDPA president. This is a momentous year as BDPA celebrates its 40th anniversary. Pamela has been a BDPA leader and a part of the National Board of Directors for many years in a number of different capacities. She now has an opportunity to place her imprint on the soul of BDPA. Our iRadio show listeners tonight have a great opportunity to hear about her vision for the future, things that have occurred in her tenure, and specific goals for 2015 as we transition within our year of 2015 at BDPA. So, Pamela, with that introduction, let's start our conversation. My first question right. for you. Yes, my first question for you. So in the intro in your bio, I wanted to let the audience know that you have been in a number of different capacities with BDPA. But let's rewind back to the beginning. How did you first find out about BDPA? And what has kept you so involved and so engaged? I found out about BDPA from my employer, HSBC. Um, really? Yes. HSBC was a trusted and committed partner to BDPA, and with that, we had memberships, and we were engaged and very involved with the local chapter, and it was part of our job responsibility from a community outreach perspective. 
And when I learned about the mission and vision of BDPA, I took it a step further and thought about it from my own personal life and my son as an opportunity for him. And that is initially what started from HSBC to my own personal relationship with BDPA. That is a tremendous story. So obviously with that rich foundation, it's really been a part of your your blood and your and your tenure with BDPA. You That's said that you're in Chicago. Yeah. So you said that you're in Chicago. Have you always been affiliated at the Chicago area? Yes, I've only lived in Chicago all my life, and I am part of the BDPA Chicago chapter. And being with the Chicago chapter, have you served in different roles with the local chapter as well? Yes, I've served in a number of roles with the local chapter, corresponding secretary, communications director, um, president, so just a little bit. That's tremendous. You know the beating of the drums, the local and the national level, and with your tenure and your time with the organization, you certainly know and have, I'm sure, a great vision for what it means to you and what impact you've had on the organization. In terms of your service in that respect, yeah, I'm going to say in terms of your service in that respect, you obviously have had a number of challenges but also accomplishments. Would you share any things that you're really proud of and challenges that you've come up against? Absolutely. Um, Being part of BDPA Chicago chapter, as um, Joyce mentioned, definitely is an endless effort. So with that, um, ongoing opportunities to maintain the membership, maintain the financial status, and with that, um, one of the things that took place while I was part of the chapter was we were in chapter of the year. And I think a lot of it was tied to building a dynamic team. Um, one of the things that we did in order to build our team was we ran a concession booth at Soldier Field, not only for team building, but also obviously for financial um, to support the organization. And I think that really built relationships outside of this meeting space of BDPA so that we learned what each other's talents and skills were inside BDPA as well as outside of BDPA, and we could leverage those and accept people where they were and help them to develop. What an exceptional, exceptional way to get exposure to the community, but also exposure of the membership to each other, as you said, get to know each other on an entirely different level. Tell me a little bit more about the challenges of getting to build a team, because now you've done it and participated at the local level building a team and at the national level building a team. Well, challenges of building a team are really letting the team grow and develop with each other and holding people accountable. So my commitment may not be the same as yours, but you may still have a commitment to the organization. And it's taking a step back to look at what those opportunities are for development as well as recognizing the strengths that we all bring together to build that team. It's a rich statement. Knowing the people that are there 
because everyone brings something different in this diversity of our talents. And from my personal experience with you and, frankly, with the organization, a myriad of personalities, it's a beautiful thing to see them come together and be able to be tapped and dispersed to do so many wonderful things together. And it's ever-changing because you always have a different membership, and membership's always growing and changing as well. This is fascinating talking with you. Tell me a little bit more, if you would, about your key responsibilities as the president of the national BDPA. Well, my key responsibilities are obviously outlined in the bylaws. So I serve as the chair of the organization, preside over the meetings for the national board and the national executive committee. I am responsible for seeing that the decisions are carried out and followed through. Um, I also serve as the official spokesperson of the association and um, key components of making sure that our national strategic plan is updated and that we follow through on our commitments associated with that plan. If I said it um, (laughs) simpler than that, it would be simply it's all about BDPA. Right, right. I think when you walk up, you wake up, and you take your steps, and you're saying, I need to be the embodiment of the organization, it really comes down to values and the decisions that you're making that actually help to market the organization. Would you say that's accurate? That is definitely correct. It's an ongoing effort. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's an ongoing effort, and, and, and it's exactly what you said. When you, you get up, the first thing you're thinking about is what exactly can I do to make this better every day? And right. it's, it's that level of commitment. So as an uh, entrepreneur, and I have to utilize that same type of tact in my daily walk, I'm wondering as you're doing important work with BDPA and the time you've spent, what are some of the things that you've seen as far as hope for the future, vision for the future, and specific goals from the past coming to the future that you have got to get your feet wet and your hands into and molding the clay of what BDPA is? a big picture mentality and with this year specifically as our 40th year, it's all about rejuvenating our brand. Making sure that BDPA is understood, that we are one BDPA, we are undergoing a major initiative to rejuvenate our brand in a number of ways as far as the look and feel, as far as our services and programs for our membership refining our member value proposition in all capacities, so from an entrepreneur's perspective, as well as from our college student engagement. We are taking a a very deep look into that and making sure that we can deliver on what we believe BDPA is, and you will see that over the next several months of how we resonate our brand and everyone is impacted specific goal for membership is member engagement and understanding what's most important. So 
delivering on simple things like focus groups as well as having virtual membership meetings this April to make sure that this is what our members believe and it's what they expect and what we deliver on. That is exceptional. So earlier in our conversation, you mentioned that the strategic approach as well as the tactical approach need to be blended. And from what you just shared, that's great evidence of being aware of how to keep people engaged, but also to become even more engaging, ever engaging, but also to fine-tune the brand because technology changes so rapidly. And the descriptions of things you just presented really amplify that. I'm very excited. I think our audience is excited as well. That's great. That I'm light, excited also. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. To that light, uh, I want to quickly share. So I'm a member as I sit in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I border between the New Jersey chapter and the Philadelphia chapter. So I have my opportunities to stick my feet in both camps. And recently at the Philadelphia chapter, we had a meeting of the past, a number of the past presidents all coming together, and the founder also sat with us and talked about different technologies that were prevalent when they became president of BDPA. And then it was interesting to just watch as they each talked about the events while they were in office, but then how technology evolved and how the organization evolved. Could you speak to that in terms of your career within BDPA? the evolving of BDPA, the evolution. Oh, absolutely. Um, and actually, it, it kind of ties into our conference theme for this year, the evolution of IT, embracing the digital future. Um, yes. At this point, everything is digital. Everything in social media is all about how quick can we do it and how, how quick we know about it. And and that was much different before when I became first involved with BDPA. So it's really just watching things change and understanding that if you don't keep up, keep up, you will be left behind. And that's the one thing I can say about technology. If you're ever looking for something that will keep you interested, where you want to experience boredom, is definitely technology. It's ongoing, evolving. And it's evolution. It just continues. So true. So true. And there's nothing more constant than change when it comes to technology. Absolutely. You have such a rich experience. I'm curious, could you share a life lesson or two about your work and share that with the BDPAI radio audience from your vantage point? A couple of lessons. I would say um, one of the things that I share with people is when you're involved, be committed and engaged. Don't just show up, participate. And if something is right or if it's wrong, share that with those people to make sure that they can understand their opportunities for improvement but also their successes. Um, The other thing I would say is make sure that you take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. Oftentimes, we don't realize what an opportunity is, so we may walk away or ignore it, but even the small things, make sure you take advantage of them. 
you never know where you may end up and what the benefits will be. Agreed. Agreed. How does a person know when something truly is an opportunity? A person might be wavering between what should I do or what exactly was that? How do you know when something actually is an opportunity or if it's just a whim? You have to do the research. Mm-hmm. You have to ask questions, follow up, and make sure that this is something that's beneficial to you. And obviously, yeah. you get presented with a number of things every day. But right. if it makes you take a second look, check into it. Sage advice. Very sage advice. Pam, it's been a real pleasure just sharing this time with you and exposing our BDPI radio audience to this intimate environment. As we continue our conversation, I'd like to know if you are going to have a final thought, something for people to say, boom, because you've given us a number of things to think about tonight. What is one solid final thought that you can offer out to the BDPAI radio audience tonight? My final thought would be to invite all BDPA past and present members to get engaged now and join me at our annual conference. Our theme is Embracing the Digital Future, um, the Evolution of IT, and during our gala at our national conference, we will be celebrating our 40th anniversary. So I invite anybody that has any involvement over the last 40 years with BDPA to please be there. It's going to be a great opportunity for networking, sharing, and just realizing how far we have come. I guess that includes BDPAI radio show people too, doesn't it? Absolutely. I'll be looking for it. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoy doing this platform of marketing, sharing, and just spreading the word about BDPA because in our conversations with great individuals like yourself, and great leaders like yourself, it's a wonderful opportunity to kind of peel back and pull the curtain back and get to know you as a person. You've been such a, a really rich, warm guest with us tonight, and I truly thank you, and we appreciate you, because it's been a pleasure to listen and learn from you tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy the opportunity to speak with the iRadio audience. Well, it's been our pleasure to have you for being a guest, and we wish you a safe and warm evening. Thank you. Have a good evening. Absolutely. And now a word from our sponsor. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. And we are back. Our next guest is Dr. John Haskins, Jr. of NetApp. Welcome to the BDPAI radio show, and thank you for being our guest tonight. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So as I mentioned previously, I'm here in New Jersey, and the weather's a bit rainy 
but much warmer than it has been. Where are you, and how is the weather there? I am in Wake Forest, North Carolina, a little ways north of Raleigh. The weather here today okay. was sunny and warm in the 70s. Okay, so no more snow there, eh? No, every every bit of it, thankfully, is gone. Out of my yard, out of my life. <laughs> you said that rather emphatically. <laughs> well, I'm excited to interview you, and I'd like for our audience to know some highlights of your bio. So if you'd allow me, I'll take a few moments to share your background with them. Dr. John Haskins was a member of the winning high school computer competition, HS. D.C., trained by BDPA Washington, D.C., and get this, 25 years ago. He's still committed, and his 1990 HFCC team won the championship. In the past 25 years, John has seen a lot of great things. He's earned his computer science degree from Georgia Institute of Technology, and he's moved on to, to obtain both a master's degree and a Ph.D. in computer science from the University of Virginia. Icing on the cake, John is currently studying at North Carolina Central University for a law degree. All that being said, let's start our conversation. Wow, what a role model. What an array of guests tonight. You know, bring it on. So my first question for you, with that lineup of things that happened over your life, I'm just curious how you first got introduced to HSCC 25 years ago, and what's kept you involved with BDPA since then? Um, I became involved with the uh, high school computer science competition via uh, joint educational facilities. It's a community computer literacy group founded and run by Dr. Jesse Bimley in uh, Washington, oh D.C. Okay. And, uh, yeah, in my freshman year when I was at uh, Dunbar High School in Washington, D.C., I was presented with the opportunity to uh, to participate as a contestant and won in the first round of my high school and moved on to uh, collaborate with the rest of the, uh, the D.C. team that year. That's exceptional. So with a spark plug start like that, that's kept you really engaged with the organization? Or tell me other facets of your involvement with BDPA since then. Um. I've fallen away from BDPA since that time, but I have been involved in, uh, I mean, I have uh, three children. I've been involved, especially in my uh, oldest daughter's career in school, just uh, participating and helping out when we lived in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, and tutoring in mathematics and so forth at the school. I would like, though, to come back and do some teaching, huh? Yeah, Exactly. Um, that said, I would like to uh, become re-engaged with BDPA Triangle for the uh, Research Triangle Park here in Central North Carolina. Okay. Well, as you heard our national president say, we want engagement, and we want to do anything we can do to make sure that we welcome you with open doors and uh, make that happen. So I'll definitely talk with you some more offline to see how I might facilitate anything that I can do to assist. Now, you mentioned that you're in Wake Forest. The BDPA chapter in that area, uh, I'm sure, could really utilize an individual like yourself. And as you become more reengaged, um, are introductions necessary? Do you know what the um, 
you know what the closest chapter is? Yes, it's a BDPA triangle. Um, mm-hmm. I actually pulled up. So, uh, yes, I've, I've I've secured the contact their contact information. Okay, great, great. And I'm sure they're listening in. They get um, first dibs at you, so <laughs> expect some phone calls. <laughs> this is great, great. So, in terms of your service to IT, to BDPA, and your career growth. Jeez. Tell, tell me, what accomplishment, if you could pick one, what accomplishment are you most proud of? Um, specifically concerning my engagement with PDPA, the, I'd say the thing that I'm proudest of is also the thing that I'm most grateful for. And that was the opportunity as a high school student, um, a relative nobody, as it were, to have the opportunity to be engaged with the D.C. team. It was a team of... Uh, just to, to be introduced to the tremendous talents of other people on my team, Talora, Christopher, Lewis, and Carlitha. It was, it was excellent to, to get together, to work together, and collaborate with, uh, with them as a team. And, and certainly, it doesn't hurt uh, that we won the championship that year, but I'd say uh, that's Absolutely. the thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, that's it. Just that I, I'm... I'm the thing that I'm proudest of is the thing that I'm most grateful for uh, as it concerns my engagement with EDPA, for sure. You just shared a lot of um, insights to yourself in your response. If I might critique, your leadership, remembering the persons that work as a team with you and acknowledging that is a tremendous attribute, and that's something that uh, I personally embrace, love that, and our organization definitely recognizes that. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why you're here with us tonight, because of your ability to acknowledge others, to be a team player, but also to continue the excellence. You're a role model. I I look at this great array of education, and you said that um, you're continuing on and wanted to reach back to BEPA. We applaud you. We applaud you. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. We always love to know about what our guests do. So if you would share with us and just break it down a little, what are some of the key responsibilities that a technical member of NetApp does? What is NetApp, and what do you do with that organization? NetApp is a, is a firm that uh, markets it, that develops and sells uh, enterprise storage and integration systems for uh, uh, computing computing uh, compute infrastructure. Um, as a member of the technical staff, I'm actually a member of what they call the Advanced Technology Group. That's NetApp's Research and Development Wing. So uh, okay. my responsibilities are essentially to be very, very much forward-looking, uh, developing processes and technologies uh, for for de- for computer systems and even devices that don't even exist yet. So we're, we're looking we're looking out. We uh, the Advanced Technology Group are looking out with a 5, 10, 15-year horizon to, uh, to what will be the, the case in computing in the future. Oh, that's beautiful. So given what uh, President Matthews mentioned, our, our slogan, our motto, our focus is about the digital future, this is definitely very timely for some of you chatting with us this evening. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity for some collaboration here. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of... In terms of NetApp and the work that you do, 
is this an organization that is uh, a national, international organization? How, how large are they? What's the scope of oh, it's, this uh, organization, if you could share? Sure, it's a, it's a, uh, an international organization of the company. I believe the census is about 11,000 employees globally, um, with most, of course, here in the in the states and most headquartered in um, Sunnyvale, California. But NetApp has a campus here in the Research Triangle Park in central North Carolina, where I think about 15 or 1,800 of, uh, of the employees are, are, are headquartered. Okay, so the full campus right there. Yes. Tremendous, tremendous. In terms of the work that you're doing with the campus, with NetApp, but also flipping the coin, your lifelong commitment to learning. Tell me a little bit about how you're balancing that out and your decision-making, aspiring technology, but also personal education. Uh, absolutely. So, um, as in the beginning, my, my path on education began uh, with my own mom and pop and my grandparents. Um, my mom and pop in, invested enormous time and energy in me and my baby sister, and my grandparents uh, were, were always asking me, you know, what did you learn in school? What was your lesson about? Which was valuable because it forced me to, to recall it and articulate it. And uh, there was also always a word of encouragement from them to me, my sister, and, and, and all of my cousins to take full advantage of what was unjustly denied they themselves. Um, mm. More recently, however, um, well, numerous sources of inspiration uh, first uh, my, my wife, Letitia, who I watched uh, earn her master's degree in electrical engineering while she was working full-time, uh, that, that sort of inspired me. To, uh, it gave me the courage to, to, to take on uh, law school while working full-time. Um, right. Oh, my goodness. Wonder Woman and Superman. <laughs> um, and, and also also my, my kids. I have, I have three daughters um, where yeah. uh, my, my, my aim for them is to uh, set a good example and then demand that they exceed it. My oldest daughter right. um, was 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 alive and and kicking when I got my PhD, and now she and my two younger daughters will watch me get my uh, my law degree. And I'd say the 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 last thing, uh, current uh, inspiration is that um, I, I frankly was am trying to avail myself uh, of opportunities where uh, a degree. Is just the cost of admission, um, and not okay. only myself, but also create opportunities for young um, black um, up-and-comers. I mean, for instance, okay. uh, graduate school. I went through my PhD because I wanted to uh, open up opportunities for tenure-track positions in academia as well as research positions in industry. Whereas law school now opens up all kinds of uh, extra doors. I mean, um, for instance, speaking of. Speaking of um, my, my wife and, 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 and the inspiration that she's given me, you know, she and a colleague are engaged in a, an entrepreneurial endeavor uh, uh, called Confessions of a Student Athlete, where they are uh, a company that's trying to help high school students plot a course to college and beyond by helping to match them with um, universities that will meet their academic and uh, athletic interests. So both on and off the court. And as I, as I joke with her, you know, one of these days you guys are going to need a, a chief counsel. And when you do, <laughs> I'll put my name, uh, put my name for consideration. 
Um, yeah. It's serendipitous that you mentioned what your wife is doing on an aside, and I'll reach out to you via LinkedIn, but I'm on a nonprofit organization board called Educating Athletes with a similar mission. So I'll talk with you offline on that. That's wonderful, wonderful, the balance of the education and, you know, the right path to get there. Tremendous. Absolutely. I'm curious. Uh, two lessons, because I know that you're a man who wakes up with lessons to give, lessons to be learned, but also taking notes of best practices. Give me a couple of lessons that you'd like to share with the BDPAI radio audience. Um, so the first lesson, something that I wish I had learned earlier in my life, to uh, be focused but never one-dimensional. Um, and, and by that I mean no matter what your expertise is, uh, you should always be prepared to interact and explain to non-experts. And uh, I've I wasted too much of my life being really, really good at computer science and, and math, but not being able to, to, to break outside that box. And, and, and you know, as, I, as I've gotten older, I've, I've learned to, to, that I have to break. Having kids has taught me that I need to break outside that box for sure. <laughs> I'll do that. Oh, that is a rich, rich lesson. I'm hearing you say that despite how educated you are, don't distance yourself from others by thinking that they don't, they wouldn't necessarily value or appreciate what you have to offer them. Some people may talk over another person's head, but you know how to break it down to a level where anyone, the layman, as well as the executive, as well as the professor, can understand. That's right, and 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 honestly, and 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 that's that's a lesson that I've learned because it it's had to to be done for me. I mean, it, um, my friend, in undergrad, analysis of literature, for instance, was a, was a required course. Not my strong suit, but I had. I had gifted teachers who were able to explain this material to somebody who had spent his his, his days behind a computer or, or, or with a pocket calculator. So uh, okay. I, I appreciate that, trying to live my life accordingly. And brought on another entirely different dimension of you, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, Tremendous. Go ahead. You, should, you asked for a second lesson, and I'd say the, the second lesson... The Bible teaches us to pray without ceasing. I would add to that, um, read without ceasing to facilitate learning without ceasing. Um, mm. you know, time is, time is a, a non-renewable resource, I find, and that time that otherwise would be wasted is time well spent uh, if I just have a, a, a book handy to, uh, to, to read, or, or even in this day and age, just your smartphone. I mean, I've... You know, whether I, I pull out my smartphone to, to read a Bible verse or, or these days I, I, I review the uh, – everywhere I go, I carry a small pocket-sized copy of the rules of federal, federal rules of evidence because of a class that I'm in. But uh, never stop reading so that you'll never stop learning. We are and can be lifelong learners. I love those lessons that you've offered up to us. As we uh, kind of wrap it up, we do still have time, but I'd love to dive a little deeper into being a academician, a technologist with family, and 
how that transitions, how do you play, how does that play out in terms of the types of breaking it down to the average Joe? Is there a methodology you use, and how do you know you're effective at it? Um, I'd say that the, that the, the, the methods I've had to use is to, as I've become more, I guess for lack of a better word, worldly, just learning about more than just numbers and circuits, to draw analogies. Um, okay. To, to find some common frame of reference um, from which I may, may have a conversation with a non-expert. I mean, I, I consider, you know, once the, uh, a liberal arts education instructs its students in the classics, um, because the classics, if we've all read the classics and we all understand, then we have a common frame of reference from which to draw analogies and examples to, to make ourselves clear. So with a common understanding at a baseline, you then can have a common conversation and not feel that there is a fragmentation of the message. Exactly. Very wise advice. My Lord, we are really blessed with people coming on and sharing with us, both with wisdom, sincerity, and true commitment to IT and business growth. What a blessed organization we are. John, it has been a pleasure. And I want to ask if you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with our BDPA audience. Um, for my for my final thought, I'd say that, um, and it's something else that having kids has taught me. It, it, it all starts at home. Uh, I will reiterate. I mean, my mom and pop invested enormous time and energy in me and my baby sister Jewel. Or I call her a baby. She's thirty five now, but she'll always be my baby sister. And um, I, I endeavor to do the same um, for my three daughters. And I'd say to any young people who are listening. Um, yeah. you, you, your parents sacrifice for you in ways that, that you'll never be able to measure. Avail yourselves of the opportunities that your parents are trying to make for you. Did you know the sacrifice, or did it take until you were an adult with children to be able to acknowledge that sacrifice? Um, I believe I, I, I understood it on some level, but I was a teenager like most others. I don't think I appreciated it fully until I was grown. I mean, I, I had some nodding acquaintance with it. I mean, my mom and pop worked long, hard days for a time. My pop was – we lived in southeast D.C. My pop was commuting to Rockville, and my mom was commuting to wow. McLean. So I know that that was a, wow. a heck of a – and yet they'd still come home and, and make time to, uh, to to help me with my homework or at least to ask me, what would you learn in school today? Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that takes a lot after, after rush hour traffic going around the Capitol Beltway uh, day funny. after day. Absolutely. God bless them. Well, God bless you. God bless our guests this evening. And thank you so much. It's been a true pleasure to listen and learn from you. I thank you for being our guest, one of three wonderful guests tonight. And I wish you a very safe and warm evening, John. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll be reaching out to you, LinkedIn. Yes, sir. Radio audience, thank you for listening in. Now a word from our sponsor. 
join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S., involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math. For the past 36 years, BDPA conferences have provided opportunities for innovators like you to get the knowledge and resources that are critical to stay on top. So please, from August 18th to 22nd, you too can join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future. For more information on BDPA's National Conference and Free Career Fair, please visit www.bdpa.org. And we're back. Welcome back. The conference ad is a great reminder for all the BDPA family, members, and even those partners and associates and supporters. Register now. Register now. You're thinking about it. We just talked about it. Register. Go to www.bdpa.org and register. Be up to speed with the great things that are coming. We heard about it from these great interviews tonight. And we want you to take full advantage of all the wonderful things happening and the things that are going to happen. Well, again, turning it back to our wonderful interviews tonight, special thanks to our guest, Joyce Lewis, President of Creative Tech Advantage, Pamela Matthews, President, National BDPA, and Dr. John Haskins, Jr., Technical Staff Member of NetApp. I also want to give a great warm thank you to the co-hosts that work with me through the months, Jayla Cruz and Ron Story, behind the scenes, Everaldo Gallimore, our studio engineer, our wonderful and illustrious producer, Fran McNeil, and always extra appreciation to Mr. Wayne Hicks, the executive director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Now, a couple of reminders. As we thank you for listening to the BDPA on Radio Show, I want to remind you, I'm Tim Butts, and I'm inviting you to listen on the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Our next show airs Tuesday, March 24, 2015. In the meantime, you can listen to past episodes at Blog Talk Radio backslash BDPA. That's right. We recapture these. They're available. You can listen to back episodes, interviews, listen up on the things that you may have missed in the interview today, and go back to previous episodes. Thank you all so much. I don't know where you might be, whatever city you're in. I hope you're warm, safe, reading, doing your IT, and doing business, and doing it well. See you on the radio next time. Take care. BDPA iRadio linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month 
Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.